Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. This is our Facebook Live episode that is also being broadcast as a podcast. So uh, thanks very much for listening. Thanks for joining Thank us live on Facebook. If you are, I'm James Carey. I'm Dave Cohen. And here we are yeah. uh, in the flesh, as it were, mm-hmm. on a screen. Live from my living room. Indeed. And uh, we're going to talk about, uh, well, the uh, BBC Writers' Room uh, script window uh, closed uh, this week. So uh, no, no more uh, getting those scripts in. But um, we've, we've both uh, read quite a few scripts in the last few weeks. Yes. And got some uh, interesting uh, points to make. What would you say, for, for what's your first uh, note that you would give from the scripts you've read? I keep reading scripts that don't have enough story in them. Uh, that's just always, always, always the case. I think people like their situation. I think they start enjoying the character, maybe, and then they start, and then they kind of run out of steam. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, I rarely find scripts compelling. I quite often find them readable. Yeah. And I quite often think, oh, this is a good idea for a show. Um, I quite often just think, oh, those are some nice jokes. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, and I'm aware that getting all of them right is hmm. is hard. And so, you know, I often say it's like trying to get 10 plates spinning pretty much immediately. Hmm. And that's, that, that you know. But, yeah, I think story is always the problem. It's yeah. always characters and jokes in search of a story. Yeah. Is that your... I I was pleasantly surprised but there was that there was more story in the in the scripts that I read. But uh, that phrase that you use, "running out of steam," is very good. And and the reason that the stories run out of steam, I think, um, is because uh, the the characters have are, haven't been quite thought through enough. Yeah. So I have been getting some more interesting, some quite unusual stories actually. And I, I think I've been getting a few things what, that uh, that were probably uh, written as screenplays initially and right. people thinking, all oh, right, okay, I'm hearing a lot about comedy drama. What about if I take my, my screenplay and I turn it into yeah. a sitcom? Which but is also, a perfectly yeah. valid thing to do. And also, I mean, who, who'd write a movie now? Why would you write a movie <laughs> if it doesn't have a superhero in it or it's not a gross-out comedy? Forget it. I mean, it's just, you've got much. You stand a much statistically better chance mm-hmm. of getting a twenty-episode box set away mm-hmm. than you do. So now stories are just much bigger. And the other day, I had an idea for a sitcom, which I just thought, oh, I think I had this idea as a movie, yeah. and then I just thought, but the scale of it is now not big enough for television. Yeah, uh, it feels like it needs more because if this feels now like it could be a ten or a hundred mm-hmm. episode stories so you need to kind of completely rethink it yeah i think what what, what i'm finding that's quite interesting now and it, it it's the reflection of what what's really been going on in the last sort of three or four years i i, I think uh you know that, that everything is still up for grabs Pe- yeah people uh commissioners are still kind of feeling their way around and it, it, we keep coming back to this phrase and we'll we'll talk a little bit about the, the, this in detail now is a comedy drama drama comedy what is yeah. you know what what is it and dramedy coma, coma. yeah <laughs> still and, you know, what, what are you uh yeah you know what what what's what's different now why why you know what, what why aren't we um just looking at the s- similar sorts I, i've been looking at very different uh types of sitcom i've been looking at some uh, slightly more futuristic ones yeah um i th- i got a script that was um the, the one of the nicest scripts that i read really it was a very kind of it was like five five twenty something right girls and the problems of dating but it had a a, a twist which i won't 
sort yeah. of reveal here, but that and it, it just took it into a completely different place, and yeah. it was just a really um, interesting, unusual, different yeah. uh, script. But you know, five twenty-something women hanging out. You yeah, know? yeah, I mean that's uh, that's girls. So isn't it? it is. It's yeah. girls. It's uh, dairy girls. it's yeah. it's. Uh, female version of in between us it's a, you know it's yeah. a, it's a, it's all those sitcoms yeah. but it, but it had this extra twist yeah. and um and that that was um great you know um so, so, the, so yeah there's no shortage of ideas there's no mm. shortage of some good writing there's no shortage of you very rarely read i mean i very rarely read now scripts where you just think well this is a complete disaster there's nothing mm. yeah this person should stop kidding mm. themselves um, and pretending to be a screenwriter when they're not. Mm. That's very... Mm. I haven't had that for ages. It's normally like, yeah, sure, why not? This could work. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's a good idea. Maybe it could work. Um, but who who knows? Yeah. The screen so, tells me that Tandy is watching. Hello, Tandy. Hello, nice. Tandy. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. And um, if you've got any questions, please uh, ask away. We've got a few uh, questions and things uh, lined up from people. Um so yeah, so that the um, I've been going on on these um, sitcom geeks episodes yeah. about uh, jeopardy and not enough uh, jeopardy and um, not enough drama, and now there are um, I'm getting the jeopardy, but the character the characters still need to be strong. We still yeah. need that element. Um, so you do have to keep coming back to why is your character being like this now? What you know, they're not just operating in a vacuum. They're just yeah. and and you know they're not just the kind of siphon for the story. They have to be proactive. They have to be responsible uh, for their stories mm. as well. So Tandy's uh, just telling us that she's in the bathroom. Um, um, yeah. So let's to go no further than that. Yes, as they say on Friends, too much information. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, so yeah, so why why is the character? It, it's it's great to have story. That's 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 lovely. Um, but but why is this? Why is it this character? The thing that James and I we keep coming back to. Why why me? Why now? You know why why this character? Yeah. And and that's um, I, I would like to have seen more of that. But generally, I was kind of quite pleasantly surprised. I would say that the, the um, standard of of scripts was was kind of quite a lot higher. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, which well. in one level makes it a bit uh, Matt Owen says hello yeah. which in one sense makes it a bit more um, on one level makes it more frustrating because you think now the competition is getting fiercer but on another mm. level you just think well people are learning and getting better which is why when yeah. people sort of are amazed and frustrated that there's now so much decent television mm. that's particularly the case with drama and mm. they're kind of angry they don't have time to watch it all but you just think <laughs> is it is it really um is it really so bad, you know, that there are now there's now loads of good television because mm. there are loads of good books as well, yeah. And you can't sit down and watch every good book, read every good book that there's ever been. So why should you be able to watch, you know, mm. all television that's any good and feel that you've done television and everything that you're not watching is worth this? I've always struck them as a very sort of, you know, sort of feels like a bit of a journalist um, thing as well. Yeah. So uh, I think it's been uh, well what's been interesting this last couple of months or so I mean you know we we have spent a lot of time in the last three or four years mm. bemoaning the fate of narrative uh, sitcom yeah and um, someone's just mentioned the thing about uh, audience sitcom which I'll, I'll come to in a second but um, you know there's a lot of uh, new comedy and it's it, it's kind of in a lot of different areas mm. as well uh, and, and um, 
I, I, I do. Th I think that the commissioners have got a much more of an open mind now than I felt very much. I think during the period last year when all we were getting that was new was forty-year-old sitcoms. Yeah, uh, being rehashed. Being, being rehashed, mm. and that felt like a. A slightly depressing time, and then the guy, the head of ITV, saying, "Oh, you know, ITV's not doing narrative anymore," but uh, which was Im immediately denied. But um, I, I, there's some great new sitcoms on ITV too. Mm. Uh, there's, there's loads of new and interesting stuff, and I think they are really uh, commissioners are gen genuinely saying, "Let's try everything. Let's see what sticks," and that that's great. Yeah. Um, Stella's also joined us. Hello, Stella. Hi, Stella. Her Patreon, I think. Yes, yeah. Patreon members. She said, I submitted my script to Writer's Room this year after you guys helped with the 10-page Patreon script report last year. Fingers crossed. Fingers Great. crossed for you, yeah. Stella. Yeah. Good luck with that. I remember that one. That was the one about the, the, the woman going back to the uh, boyfriend, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, I had some very nice, funny little moments in there. Yeah. Eleanor Haywood, who I think has also entered, she uh, she says, not enough audience sitcoms, though. Yeah. And this this is... True, and they're not they're not being made. Well, not going out is still being made. True, the the um, the notes from writers' room said, you know, we are looking for studio sitcoms. Yeah, um, are they? We don't. Well, I don't know. I, th I think they are, but I think it's just. Well, I think they're open to them. The idea that they're yeah. actively looking for them, I'm still not sure. I I'm convinced. Well, I, As in, they're not going to commission mm. something because it's an audience sitcom, mm. but they. But if you have one, then you, I think you probably do stand a greater chance. But if it's the right, mm. if it's the right vehicle for the right person, if it's, and again, it needs to be why is it? Maybe it could be your show, but why you? Mm. Why why this and why now? These are really important questions. I'm guessing that it just that the it, it costs. And funnily enough, just as I was about to say this, Eleanor says, "Is it a money thing?" Yeah. And I was about to say, "I think that they." You know, they cost so much more to make, don't they? Studio sitcoms are more expensive. They're not wildly more expensive, but they are more expensive. Um, but I don't think they make necessarily the decision. I mean, the BBC mm. has a limited pot, but it does it does feel a commitment to make them. It's just I don't think mm. it's feeling it's getting enough options to, to choose one or mm. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, it is harder now, isn't it, to to, uh, to convince audiences that's uh, or to convince audiences watching TV at home that the uh, the audience sitcom is a, a valid thing. I mean, there mm. are just I mean, we've got so many great examples that we can keep showing people, but uh, it, it, it is, and that the, I suppose, and there are just so many more things that can go wrong as well. Yeah. And also, you know, the the, the bile that that is uh, an audience sitcom attracts. Yeah, there is a special there is a special mm. place in hell reserved for sitcoms that critics don't like. They mm. sort of seem to gleefully despise <clears throat> them. Um, and who needs that? Mm. You know, so that, uh, I think yeah. there are so many reasons why. And all of our great sitcom writers who are currently alive um, mm. are not doing studio sitcoms partly for that reason, I guess. And yeah. if you're Simon Nye. Write the Durrells. Why, yeah. why wouldn't you? Mm. If you're Richard Curtis, yeah. make movies and save the world through comic relief. Mm -hmm. um, if you're, uh, you know, wh whoever it is, there, there are still some, some great mm. writers out there. Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Do Sherlock, man. I, I would. Yeah. And he's doing a new thing, isn't he, about... Oh, I can't remember what it's about. Uh, yes, I saw that. I, uh, is it Frankenstein or something like that? Yeah, it's some, yeah. it's, mm. it's some uh, sort of existing property. Yeah. Um, can't can't blame you, and people are liking yeah. it, and it's maybe it's no coincidence that people are liking these forms because these mm. sitcom writers do know what they're doing, and they've yeah. actually learned the craft and the discipline mm. uh, through through sitcom writing. Yeah, 
John Paul Lusk asks whether British comedy would benefit from writers' rooms more. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what makes it more expensive. Yeah. Um, and I think that's when you get the um, you do get the pushback, um, and uh, yeah, that that can be. Uh, and I don't think people seem to be convinced they know how to run them. Um, yeah. And so I think we've, I, until we get a show where the main writer says, we're having a room and I'm going to run it and I know how to do it, uh, which is what I would happily do. And I think I do. And I think I would and could. They won't believe you mm. until you do and you prove it. Yeah. And then people might start to copy your system. But I, th I think they do. I mean, the, the Russell T. Davises and, of, and Stephen Moffat's of this world are mm. kind of given that that situation in, in drama yeah um but yes it, it, it is um the, the, as, as james says it's the thing that makes it expensive you get a halfway house like mm. not going out where you don't have a writer's room but you do have a lot of writers uh, extra writers input yeah into the script and it and it works and it's you know that's one way of of uh, doing it um but you you just don't get the kind of show like brooklyn 99 mm. which you know where you imagine there are some sort of 20 writers feeding into yeah uh, and just buffing the, uh, up all the yeah. jokes and making them better and tighter and faster and mm. and then going hey what about this or you know they are yeah. but they but actually you know brooklyn 99 is a good example of it's a really funny show it feels like a studio show mm. and in many ways it looks like a studio show it just doesn't have a laugh track on it yeah um the actual police precinct as it were looks very studio sitcom-y yeah and is none the worse for it but mm. it just means that they have a slightly stronger sense of place and believability yeah. even though it's obviously you know fantasy land policing mm. you know that's i don't mm. think that's how the police system works in brooklyn but no. there's enough there yeah. to believe it and yeah people get what the genre is mm. i would love to, I, I would have loved to have seen that as a uh, as an audience sitcom I think. yeah it sort of feels like taxi to me mm. uh, as uh, the um you know, a kind of um, yeah that 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 would have worked, I think. But mm. I, you know, they they obviously decided let's yeah. not do it. Let's not go down that route. Yeah. And, and so, as you say, as you say, they have more. There's more kind of um, cop cop show yeah. uh, drama in there as well, which they they wouldn't be able to do in the the studio, of course. Yeah. Um, so uh, Joey O says uh, Dracula is what Stephen Moffat yeah. is doing. Thank, Thank you, you very much Thanks for that. Um, yeah. So and. Uh, so um, there's just, just to uh, while we're on the audience uh, sitcom subject, there is of course radio uh, audience sitcoms on the radio. Craig Pickup has written in, uh, asked a question. He says, uh, you know, what, where are the new radio sitcoms? Um, which is a good. A good They're not question. coming from me. Yeah. <laughs> I've had three in a row turned down. We so did, not we, me. We do know that this year, this this year's pitch. We were told six months ago, uh, don't bother pitching a, a sitcom. We have already have as uh, all the sitcoms you know that we can be dealing with, but do pitch sketch shows. So I think at least next year, two years down the line on Radio Four, you'll start to hear a few more sketch shows. So I guess swings and roundabouts I, I can't i can't keep going through that so i sort of slightly written that one off yeah um because yeah. also it's worth the real bother of getting a show on tv because at least the money is pretty good when you get it on but when mm. you get a show on radio the money's still not that good mm. um it's still it just about keeps you in the game but and it's fun to do a radio show and i love i love mm. radio i'd happily just do radio if i could make a living out of it yeah but and i and i probably could have done at one point but 
I can't mm. now, given I can't actually get a show on. So that is the problem. That, yes. that ship has sailed. Mm. Mm. Um, Stella uh, has come back. She says uh, streaming comedy is uh, seems to be where it's at. And what do you think? I mean, uh, should we be pitching for? Trying to pitch for Netflix as well. Well, nobody nobody knows anyone who works for Netflix, so it seems yeah. virtually impossible. I've I've never met anyone who's I feel plausibly been able to pitch a show to Netflix. Mm. I, when I think of Netflix, I just assume that there's some massive prisoner like egg shaped <laughs> building mm. in the middle of Snowdonia somewhere with no visible means of entry or exit. Mm. Um, and that's where all the decisions get made. Well, I'm certainly um, picking up from the, the Writers Guild that uh, negotiating with Netflix is not... Uh, well, you, you, apparently you don't negotiate with Netflix. No. Netflix tell you what they're going to pay. Yeah. And uh, if you have the temerity to, to try and discuss things with them, they just get all um, hoity-toity and um, tell, you, uh, tell you where to go. Yeah. Um, so, but... Yeah, I mean, streaming. I mean, the, the, you come, coming up with an idea that feels like it's 20 episodes in, you know, 20, a year. Or yeah. Can you, you know, oh, well, again, yeah. I think the advice is always the same, which is you need to do a show that you want to do. Hmm. Start start from first principles of it's a show that you want to do, a story that you want to tell, some characters that you like, a world that you want to be in or that you, that you have an insight to, yeah. that you are enthusiastic about writing. And then... You take it to a producer and let them figure it out. They're yeah. the ones who are going to sell it, ultimately. Yeah. They probably mm-hmm. won't even let you in the room yeah. when they do sell it, but you should insist on trying to get into the room unless unless you are very off-puttingly yeah. uh, bad, mm. uh, bad at this. You're also answering Jar's uh, other question, what should a new writer start writing? Uh, mm. And that's... Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it keeps coming back to this uh, question, why why you, why, why now, why yeah. this idea? Um, we've got a question. Uh, we've got a well. It's all. It's got John Paul Lusk says oh, yeah. we have BBC Scotland, which gives some local sitcoms a try, and lucky they go national. Uh, is this a similar regional setup in England? And do we miss the ITV regions as breeding grounds? Well, yes, we do. We definitely miss that. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And um, and so the BBC is the only game in town as far as that's concerned. Yeah, I think don't BBC Wales do uh, yep. as well. So Wales and Scotland and Northern, Northern Ireland, Ireland with Soft Border Patrol. Yeah. They're all, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're all looking at the situation uh, and, and, you know, doing what what they can with very little money. And it's yeah. fantastic that they're doing that. And some good regional shows coming through as a result of that. And you've got shows like Breaking the News now on BBC Scotland. So that's a new, yeah. a new topical uh, comedy show. So, you know, they're all, everybody's trying whatever it takes to get shows on. Yeah. And, and uh, it would be great for ITV uh, to... to go regional again I get and great for the BBC to go regional yeah. in terms of if, if BBC Bristol had a mandate to make shows and BBC Birmingham yeah. and BBC Manchester mm. um, but it's just it's just England I'm, I'm not aware I think there, there has been talk in the past of Manchester needs to generate more of its own and the comedy mm. unit there are doing X, Y and Z yeah. on paper that may have been the case for a while I don't think it is anymore mm. Um, Channel Four is going very, very much. You know, they are investing heavily in regional in the next three or four years, in the hope that they don't actually have to move their headquarters out of London, which they are desperate to avoid to do. Well, I think they are. Aren't they moving to Leeds? Uh, maybe uh, moving to Leeds and Birmingham. I think I'm not sure. Yeah, They've yeah. got like a, a, a main place and a hub. Yeah, that word. Well, I'd like to see it, but you just think 
given the sort of given people who work at Channel Four, are they really going to want to move to to Leeds or Birmingham? Uh, I'm guessing not. <laughs> but well, you had this a few years ago when BBC moved on mass to Salford, yeah. and everybody said, "No, I'm not moving." But actually, quite a lot of um, people did move. I oh yeah, no, I'm sure, and and they they mm. reap the reap the benefits of it. Also, yeah. they ended up with a slightly bigger house, which is you know, <laughs> yeah, there's something in there, isn't there? <laughs> Definitely. Um, yep. So, um, what we've had some questions and other yeah. comments via via pre by other channels. Yeah, as it were. Uh, yeah, we have a, a question. Uh, we had. Um, just, just to go back to the um, comedy drama. Before we get there, yeah. we can do that. So, uh, Jo has asked: Should new writers start sending specs um, and pilots to other competitions, or should we focus on the writers' room? I think when the writers' room have a window open, which they just have, yeah. then send them a script. But in a way, you just need to carry on business as usual. Hmm. You, you want to have a script and have an idea for another show, and you want to be sending that mm. out, and the, the advice is that hasn't really changed, which is send yeah. your scripts to people who make stuff that you like and you think might like what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, weirdly, the, uh, I think it's purely coincidental, I don't know why, but the, the uh, Rowcliffe and the writer's room mm. pretty much uh, at the same time. Um, so you've kind of, now you've got a year to go, so you know, start thinking of, uh, yeah. start thinking of ideas now. Um, I'll just, um, we've, we've actually, there's a question that, that's uh, come up and someone else has also asked, uh, Alex Kennedy has asked, is it a good idea to send unsolicited scripts to production companies? They all have a disclaimer warming, warning against it, but surely they'd be interested if you had a good script. Well, well, everyone thinks they've got a good script. Yeah. That, that doesn't really help, yeah. unfortunately. But we've got, uh, we've actually got quite a detailed uh, thing from some of our Patreons. Mike Cooper, uh, who writes, um, who's been writing his... Uh, uh, with in a team, and uh, he he's explained to us in quite a lot of detail uh, what he did. They um, they wrote um, six uh, they, they they wrote to six production companies, uh, and they had various uh, um, uh, different replies from people. And um, one of the companies said, um, "We don't read unsolicited scripts," so they just sent it back. Uh, another company said, uh, another company they never heard back from, a couple of them said, well, we quite like the idea, but it's not the right thing at the moment. But the, the, the overwhelming response that they were getting was um, get an agent. Now, this is this, this goes slightly against what you and I have been saying in the past, which is always, yeah. you know, have a brilliant script and then you will get an agent. Yeah. And that's sort of, sort of still true. But in given that, production companies are kind of more or less only talking to agents now we should maybe talk a little bit about yeah. how you know how do you get an agent what do you, you know it's a question we're always asked more than any and how how do you get an agent what's the best way of going about it and uh yes and this ties in with what alex kennedy's asking about mm. sending unsolicited scripts to production companies um it now seems like production companies are using agents to sift ideas for them and so in a way and that's that's been the case with books for ages you can yeah. you 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 loads of publishers for years haven't really accepted unsolicited manuscripts they've just taken stuff through agents and so you know why why wouldn't a book company a book publisher save themselves money by having to read tons of manuscripts by getting agents to do it for free mm -hmm. uh, or at least taking 10 percent or 15 percent of the author's fee so i mean someone's paying for it somewhere so um so I think but now that there are so many people who want to be writers or trying to be writers, kind of are writers, and sending ideas through, any 
any production company worth its salt, as it were, is could be inundated with scripts they couldn't possibly read and are then open to the idea that they might have plagiarised your idea, mm-hmm. which is, if, um, if you subscribe on Patreon, we have an interview with somebody who works at a production company and I asked her this exact question and she just said, yeah, it's mainly because we don't want to be open to the idea that we've stolen right. someone's idea. Okay. Because there are so, we get, you get sent so many and if you have a hospital sitcom and someone sends it to you and then you go out on BBC One with a hospital sitcom and someone sends you a letter saying that's mm. my show, yeah. even though it, it isn't their show, it's just legal admin and time and money that right. you just don't need. So I think the main reason, the, the reasons are legal protection and also mm. sifting yeah. And we can be angry about that, I suppose, uh, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah. So get get an agent. Yeah. In which case, send scripts to agents. Yeah. And I mean, that's not, uh, it's not uh, rocket again, science. Uh, yeah. But then also, will an agent get back to you? That's oh, no, thing. probably not. But yeah. but we only want one. Yeah. Or two, ideally two, to mm. get back to you. And then you've got a choice. I think you need to have a little bit of a, uh, a kind of left field think about this as well, because, you know, in, in the same way that self-publishing and the comedy online and things all, all that kind of stuff's happening mm. and so uh, a, a friend of mine uh, joe unwin who's a literary agent and she actually always says you know you are you you, you are choosing an agent you're mm. you know this is you saying i've got um i am potentially uh, a very lucrative 10 percent to you yeah you know what can you give me give me and i think that's often been a problem in the past uh, people they they go to agents thinking that the agent is, uh, you know, that's going to solve all their answers, be be able to all their problems. Actually, no, the the agent is your uh, employee. And so you kind of have to have that mindset. And when you think about it in that way, I think then rather than going for the big name agents who already have people is, is just kind of look a bit further afield and look around, find people like you who are starting out. And, and, you know, there will be people, there will be people who want to be agents who are just, you know, kind of finding their way. And in the same way that if you meet a, the producers that you're most likely to meet at the start of your career are producers just starting out on BBC Radio. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they are still looking for their people. Most producers now, uh, successful producers, they've already got more writers and performers and directors and people than, than, than they can make shows for. So, yeah. so they're less likely to look for new people. But there are there will yeah. be people out there looking for you yeah. and you need to find them and also bear in mind that they're not just looking for a script that they can sell to a production company they're looking for a writer they can have a relationship with for for 10 15 20 30 40 years i've only ever had one agent and i'm still with her mm. and i've recorded an interview with her incidentally if you're a patreon subscriber we will put it up on our for our patreon listeners so so what you're doing and actually in fact um uh, Eleanor has just asked on on Facebook how much of a portfolio of scripts should you have written before starting to approach agents, producers, production companies. Well, I would say if you're approaching an agent, send them a script, or, and maybe send them uh, a letter in which you explain other things that you've done or can do, have done, mm. links to stuff that you've done on YouTube. And again, uh, Joeo is asking, so this is why you should be aiming to perform your own show or idea and put it online. So you'll notice, I heard this worked for um, Donny Cosgrove, the writer of Warren. Mm-hmm. He got discovered via YouTube. Controllers and commissioners do look at YouTube yeah. um, and their kids do as well. And so that's worth bearing in mind. But bear that in mind that just you want to, 
you you want to look as if you're planning to have a career as a writer mm. rather than someone who's written one script the script that, that is like this a lottery ticket it's yeah. like no no yeah. even if you write a script that is a really good script you're going to have to write five more of them mm. and ideally <laughs> they're wanting you to write 30 more of them so you have to show that you're the kind of person that they can be in business with and that's why we yeah. need to have a, a sort of a boringly grown-up approach to writing which is seeing it as a career rather than seeing it as a lifestyle i'd quite yeah. like to have or a personal ambition yeah. to get a sitcom on TV. I mean, that's yeah. these are all ways of starting out, as it were, and ways of thinking. But you mm. you do need to be you're in with the grown ups, mm. you know. And there, these agencies are trying to make a living, and these production companies are trying to make a living. And the really big ones have got shareholders and dividends and all that kind of stuff. This is a grown up business, and I think you do need to present yourself as someone that they can be in business with. And that means once you actually get a meeting with an agent, try, turn up and try to look like you mean business. Mm. You know, get a haircut and yeah. wear a nice shirt. You know yeah. what I mean? It's sort of basic, really. But I just think these are things that we should be thinking of. Am I being a, yeah. bit, a bit over the top? No, I think that's a, that's a very good point. And I do, I, I do think, you know, you just have to be a little bit more, you know, ag agents do seem like very powerful and people and, and and a lot of times they are and a lot of times it's good to have a, an agent but but also they're not because they're yeah. only pitching your stuff yeah they can't make anyone buy it yeah yeah um so there's someone you want on your team yeah then they're not even gatekeepers but they do but they do yeah. know how to pick locks occasionally yeah yeah and they, they, they don't necessarily... I mean, if you are working on a show already... <laughs> Eleanor says smile. Sorry, I've been looking Sorry. like I shouldn't... I'm not smiling enough. <laughs> no, no, me too. Yeah, you don't um, want me to smile too much. No, no. no. serious business. Where mm. do you see yourselves in five years' time? Yeah. Um, agents are great when, when you're already working on a show and you need somebody to... to uh, have a have a tough chat with a producer um that's that's a great time to have an agent but uh, you're already doing the job at that point so yeah you know the agents to perform many diff different uh, tasks um and um jake uh betancourt love or day i think i pronounced correctly this time is one of the best bits of advice i've heard from a producer when approaching them is be normal which is uh, fine unless you're yeah. weird um, which if you're weird try yeah. to be normal but be weird yeah. normal mm. be di be distinctive there's a question that sort of links to that as well which uh, we oh sorry earlier. Eleanor said she meant smile not <laughs> us to smile but smile right. when you have the meeting God, maybe our smiles are even worse in terms of the haircut yeah, for yeah, goodness sake don't James and Dave don't you mm. smile nobody wants yeah. to see that yeah. um a question from Mike Arbor that came in earlier uh, was he said, when you are writing to uh, producers, uh, sh should you send it to the production company? What would you include uh, in terms of script treatment, polite notes about why you love their work? Uh, that's a good, I mean, that is a good point. And actually, as a producer that I've been um, talking to recently, because he makes a kind of show that is very much like the sort of show that I want to do. And so, you know, kind of when I wrote, I made, I made a point that I kind of made that point is that that's the sort of what, what this idea is, is kind of pretty much, uh, you know, I, I, and, and obviously I, 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 um, was complimentary about it i wouldn't say yeah by the way that old shit that you did that uh, you know it's like that but i'm uh, i'm going to do it better mm. but so obviously you know be nice be nice about it yeah uh, and um thank you jake i did pronounce your surname correctly uh 
Great. So, and and then there's uh, just a kind of a looking for other questions that are coming through. Thick and fast, actually. Yeah. Should our writers be aiming to write uh, different stuff, i.e., books, films, TV shows, and sketches? Well, James and I were just talking about this on the way. James's play is currently uh, being performed. Yes, make stuff, do stuff. Yeah. I've also got CDs of the previous show I've done. I've got a DVD of the play I did before that. I'm hoping that my novel, the first draft of my novel, I'm aiming to finish by June the 30th. So There uh, we go. What so happens yes. if you don't? I, I go over time, you know. Oh. I, it gets longer, but I'm on a timetable. I need, to, I need people to be reading it in August, so I need time to... to reread yeah. what i've done and, and i think that's a good it. note in terms of just just starting new projects that may or may not go anywhere if you mm. write one script and your whole career is based on getting that one script sold you're not looking like a writer um a writer is someone who should be able to um write multiple scripts of multiple shows so you know and you also need to do these other projects to keep yourself sort of refreshed Mm. Um, so write some short stories or write poems or write or make podcasts or do whatever it is you know and I often say when people say you know why do you do The God Particle or why do you do A, a Turbulent Priest I do say I want to do a show that the BBC can't cancel <laughs> yes. which is mm. sounds kind of a bit you know a bit graceless but they have cancelled everything I've done <laughs> um, they have cancelled all three of my radio sitcoms and my TV show uh, before I'd finished you know i wanted to do more of it um so so yeah and also yeah. elena says news jack is a great discipline yeah. um you um, do you know yeah. those daily those those weekly shows those topical shows you know do just keep your skills sharp yeah. um mm -hmm. uh just a couple more questions that came through uh before we we came on air um then they they relate to um the, the stuff that's going out at the moment so i'll just 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 come back to that so declan hill who's one half of uh, sitcom mission so many of you will will know declan uh on the uh, comedy drama debate uh could you talk about inverted commas studies on death that add comedy through deadpan witty lines that are very obviously written and have the word life in the title uh, if you follow all that, but there's obviously we've had afterlife, back to life, life on Mars. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think I like the, um, the the thing I was saying earlier about how you know people are open to to to, to ideas, and so a lot of people are talking about big ideas now. Yeah. So you have this Ricky Gervais show, which which is about you know kind of, and, and it's about death. Mm. Let's call that back to life. Um, I've just uh, it's called Afterlife. Sorry, I've just started watching Back to Life, uh, and that's about you know it's also about death yeah. and and uh, life on Mars is you know again it's about what life the the, the death of a previous type of life to yeah. the death of a world so that's an interesting uh it, you know pe it does are, turn it also life on mars does turn out to be about death and sort yeah of it, so they you are know, you know there's no you know the the, 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 the the you know you can write about anything and these are big subjects and that's good that people are grabbing sort of big subjects and i think you need to do that i think you need to have some ambition mm. and your show really does need to be about something because mm. again going back to how we started this um it can feel quite banal uh, if you, you you can read a script that's actually decent. It's got a good situation. It's got nice characters and mm. it's got uh, jokes and you read it and you just think, well, this is well executed, but it's not enough. Yeah, It's not enough. There's no ambition here or there's no, this show has to be on now. This feels perfect. This is just right. And actually you'll probably get further with an idea that feels like it's of the moment 
than you will with a show that's well executed but could have been made 5, 10, 15 years ago. So um, I think we do need to be ambitious, not just in terms of what is achievable on screen, which is just getting bigger. You know, I watched watched that feature-length episode of Game of Thrones and I think somebody, I might have been my um, guy, you know, um, Mark Whiteley, who just said on Facebook I'd, before I'd seen the episode, it just says, "Blimey, I think Game of Thrones just won television." <laughs> and you go, "Well, there's something." In that. I mean, as it turns out, I think the episode was 20 minutes too long, and you could have missed out an awful lot of uh, uh-huh. hacking and slashing in the middle, and it would have actually made it probably better. But TV has gone nuts. You know uh-huh. what I mean? It's gone absolutely yeah. nuts. Yeah. Um, and so you can sort of do anything. And although yeah. comedy tends to be less funny the more expensive it is. Um, I don't quite know. I don't think any of us know quite how the new rules work with regard mm. to comedy, which tends to not be expensive to make. And even yeah. Bluestone was made, looks expensive, but it was made on a standard yeah. BBC sitcom budget, which is not enough. And yet it's enough. Yeah. Um, we could have spent double that on that show and it yeah. wouldn't have made it any funnier. Uh-huh. It just would have made it look more impressive, yeah. a bit more dramatic. And if anything, maybe less funny. Yeah. Yeah. So um, less is more. Less yeah. is more. Uh, Although um, I would happily have spent. You know, they could have given me more money. Yeah. That would have been less, fine. Less writing income yeah, is yeah. not more. Mm. Uh, Mike at uh, f- completely follows on from that uh, at TrashBatX. I think uh, he says I'd love to hear a discussion about Fleabag. Just finished it. Feels like a breath of fresh air. Um, what did you didn't you like? Does it change the landscape? Um, I don't know if you've seen this series yet. Uh, I, I do. I did enjoy this series. Um, I did. I liked that it was one of many shows that came out. Um, I like that it, it's being talked about by people who don't normally talk about comedy. Yep. Any, anything that's anything that gets comedy talked about is fine by me. Uh, personally, I found there's. I, I mean, the, 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 I'm going to my one of my other resolutions around the whole comedy drama thing is that you know uh, I, I every, every everything you ever see every every comedy every drama you ever see uh, was written 2000 3000 years ago every idea uh, right. the, the greeks wrote everything okay uh, and and so this uh, when people I would been, add, I would also add Jesus to that list as well so yeah. the bible the parables okay. and that kind of stuff i mean they're all <laughs> yeah, sort of that's true. the, the parable old, of the lost I'll go son further back in the old testament then yeah, there you go uh, yeah yeah you, you know, can claim that one Noah's Ark yeah yeah <laughs> one for us yeah yeah one for the Jews it's all right it's in our book as well okay yeah Je- all right Jews Greeks yeah. and Christians okay. okay um but what have they ever done for yeah. us what about the Romans <laughs> all, right. all right okay but so you know uh, a lot of people going about oh god it's so incredibly innovative she talks to camera uh which of course has been going on from for, uh since there have been cameras I remember when we interviewed Barry Cryer and we yeah. and he said uh, he talked to Eric Morecambe about yeah. uh you know he really liked the way you talk to camera he's like oh I learned that off of Arthur Askey right about you go back and actually you go and Shakespeare is is you know the the soliloquy the asides yeah um and and Greek and Greek comedy I don't know enough to be able to talk well about Greek comedy I am determined to find out so the asides uh to camera that that kind of thing but there's a weird thing in Fleabag where this series she was doing them and, and but the other characters started to notice them and it was like a breaking the breaking of the fourth yeah. wall we'd, yeah uh, which, we'd, which, we'd did that in Miranda series yeah. two. All right, one. Yeah, the the psychiatrist episode where oh, yeah. Miranda, well, they're both oh, in therapy, as it were, and then um, Penny says they they do some role play and pretend to be each other, and then Penny says, "Oh, hello, I'm Miranda. I'm going to waddle over here and waste more of my life." Um, oh, look at this bowl of plums, you know. Oh, uh, you know, yeah. and she looks at the camera, 
yeah. to pretending to be Miranda. And Miranda looks at the camera just going, how does she know yeah. about me looking that... That's you know? nice. One joke in a way. But Absolutely. It was a, it was a sort of occasional motif in... Yeah, uh, no, that. good, you know. And it's not. It's it's in Moonlighting as well. Right. It's in Lovejoy. He does right. talk to the camera a little okay. bit. So it's like... Yeah, but uh, wow! I, how do you think of these things? Well, yeah. what, what things other people have done. Yeah, yeah. but it's good. I, I I do think it's nice that you know there are there are a couple of things about it that that, that are, are new. It's still these are still shows that are they don't get mass. They're not delivering mass audiences. No. They're still very much kind of you know niche uh, shows, and that's great. But whatever that that that's what I feel. Anything that 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 gets people talking about comedy mm. uh, is you know that that's that's fine by me. Yeah. So so yeah no I'm so I'm not a um I watched the first episode of Feedback and just thought oh okay this doesn't really appeal to me so I didn't really watch it. I don't really have any views on it other than people seem to like it. It's not for me to say they're wrong to like it. If they like it, then great. Um, it felt a bit bleak to me. It's got and a ringing endorsement. Well, no, it's just like it's, it's got a sort of a strain of nihilism that I find quite unappealing, mm. which means that that's, there's an awful lot of comedy that has that streak through it, and I don't like any of that either. Yeah. And so I watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine um, and The Goldbergs, and yeah. currently also I've just discovered uh, White Collar, uh, right. which is a box set that's finished in 2015 i think and it's like um it's american uh, big show uh, you know it's like elementary i suppose and those sorts of things mm-hmm. so uh i don't you know people seem yeah. to love it and i'm great yeah i did i mean what i prefer uh, what i enjoyed a lot about this series i didn't enjoy the first series what i saw of it for reasons you mentioned mm. uh but when you've got a cast like olivia coleman and bill patterson uh you know oh yeah you, you just, what's not to it, like it's just yeah i'll watch them reading out the telephone directory yeah. really yeah, if there is still such a thing as a telephone directory i don't know oh come on but, of course there isn't <laughs> hasn't been one for, um, for years there's and a years. quick question uh uh, uh Jean, which is use uh, usa comedy writers earning 100 million pounds for five contracts getting no back end not quite I think that's a slight exaggeration yeah. but also I'd happily give up back end for a hundred million yeah. pounds there is a bit of a uh, oh sorry I'm yeah, turning on your right. thing we're, 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 yeah. we're done with this now yeah. but there, there is a uh, situation currently going on in America where the, there's a kind of uh, standoff between uh, the writers and the agents I yeah. think and I um because the the uh, production companies have been trying to bypass writers and going to agents, and and writers are being kind of marginalised. Mm. Um, that's that's one thing which I don't know enough about to talk about with authority here. But yes, there are. Um, I think Netflix, when I mentioned earlier about mm. their negotiating, they're going down the the Disney route, and the the, the Disney route basically is that you don't get uh, back end. Okay. Uh, but you do get a very very nice. The, fr- big the front looks quite good. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, yeah uh, I'd like a big. I'd be happy with a big upfront fee. Well, yeah, at the moment it feels like. Well, also, again, th- there are an awful lot of writers out there, and mm. there are an awful lot of ideas, and they feel that they can, they can dictate the terms, and yeah, you know, unless you're going to, you know, really go full on union, which Americans have done more so. Weirdly, the land of the free seem to be more unionized than we are yeah. in this area. Um, it's who who can say really? Yeah. Um, one more question from the from our Facebook group. If you follow us on Facebook, um, then you would have been up told about various things that were coming up. Then um, you would also see Lorna's question, who says, "Do you have any advice on chasing etiquette?" Right. Which I think is in you've sent someone, say an agent, a script. Um, how do you chase them? 
And I think you do it infrequently and politely. Yeah. And then eventually you stop pestering. Um, so it's not, if you send an agent a script or a letter or something, it's not unreasonable to drop them an email a month later mm. and say, did you get it as a little gentle nudge? And then if they say, oh, yes, I did, and I've not read it, and I'll get back to you, then I think you're probably entitled to nudge them again after a month. And if they haven't come back to you with positives, negatives, or anything, well, move on. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's any more to it than that. I don't think that's when you might start to get a bit weird yeah. uh, and just sort of suggest that you come and visit their office or something. At that point, yeah. you sound like a stalker. So you do have to be, um, yeah, you do have to be just... Just polite, brief, business-like, mm. but not cold. And also don't show what you can do. Yeah. You've got to be a little bit British about it. Show them what you can do, but also don't say, I think you would be great for my career, yeah. um, which I have seen sort of covering letters that do say things like that. Um, there was just one, uh, and, and linked to this as well, there was a question because we had a lot, lot went through, but one mm. uh, question, Christian Corley uh, asked, which, which kind of links to that, I think, which is about, you know, once you've written a script and it's finished, uh, how do you, you know, how do you re-energise once you've written a script? And in a sense, it, it is about, I mean, it's partly kind of blind fear and terror. Yeah. Um, but also, I think it, it is about having a kind of professional approach and then just seeing yourself as you know a business rather than the emotional attachment and you do put a lot of emotion your your personal emotions into a script yeah, yeah. but you have to then be quite business like about it and in the same way that if you write to an agent and you're at the agent hasn't got back to you you can't you have to be not thinking about that yeah and once you've written your script and you know you've sent it off and things you have to stop thinking about it and yes there'll be a there'll be a sort of period of you know probably a day or two or something where you can't think of anything at all anyway yeah. but you you do have to be a little bit kind of professional well, say, yeah. okay i'm waiting to hear i'm gonna hear if i'm lucky i'll hear about that three months time yeah. but in the meantime i've got to the next three months i have to think what am i doing and so you, that that's that's kind of the thing is to be business-like yeah but also but enjoy it enjoy the the blank page and enjoy the fact that you could do anything you could create any world you want just using words i think we kind of underestimate the the fact that you know there are loads of good shows that are literally just ideas and they were just words on the page and now they've sold those words. Mm. And so you can you can do anything. You can set something on a 16th century Spanish galleon. You could tell the story of somebody in a Russian gulag. You could, uh, I mean, these aren't great sitcom ideas, I'm, I'm realising, mm. but, but you can sort of think, what is the sitcom version of this phenomenon? Or what is the, you know, I read a mm. book about this and that could be interesting, or I've always found beekeepers fascinating. What's the sitcom about beekeepers? And what's it really about? It can't really be about beekeepers, for goodness sake. So um, yeah. it'd be about honey. Uh, so uh, so I think you want to make make the most of those yeah. periods where you are sort of doing R&D and re-energising and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. Okay. And apparently I pronounced Corley perfectly there. Because so Tandy says I, she's married to Tandy, one. Tandy, yes, yes, okay. She's out of the bathroom now, I Yes, think. yeah, very and good. we're out of the living room. I think we, we are, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks very much for, for watching, if you've watched it. If you are listening to the podcast version of this, thank you for listening. And if you fancy, you can go and see our, our stupid faces on Facebook mm -hmm. and follow us on Facebook. And Facebook algorithm may deign to show you some of our up updates every now and then uh, yep. as they see fit. Um, 
and but also if you really want to have a good experience of facebook you could join our um patreon scheme because our patreon members have have our own private facebook group which we are on and which we engage with uh, regularly and sort of let people know about all of the new audio content that's going up into the patreon page and um Including and, our sitcom that we're writing. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, our sitcom, Soup to Nuts, uh, which is a, a brand new radio studio sitcom, we think, um, that we are writing and progressing. And we've done, we've now recorded eight episodes uh, of that. Not of the sitcom. Of the sitcom, but of us yeah. developing it and showing how we go about it, doing yeah. it, which will hopefully culminate in us actually recording an episode of it. Mm. So that's, that's the long game on that. But there's also loads of interviews uh, with people... Uh, like I mentioned with my agent, which will be going up soon. Um, and uh, But also, uh, if you join us on Patreon at a particular level, we will then read the first 10 pages of your script mm. and um, you we will then do a special Patreon-only podcast on that 10 pages, you know, for 10 or 20 minutes and talk about it. So it's a little bit of a script clinic as well. And also you get free copies of our books, yeah. my book, uh, Writing That Sitcom, Dave's book, How to Be Averagely Successful at Comedy. So thanks very much uh, for listening. Do check us out on Patreon. Uh, if you Google Sitcom Geeks Patreon, I think yeah. you'll probably find us fairly yeah, swiftly. That's where we will be. Great. Anyway, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thank and we'll much. speak yeah. to you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.